Hi everyone, today is December 8th, 2018, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger. And I'm Deck Tech. And after not much going on besides the Kaiba Cup for the past few weeks, we've got a huge week this week. Um, a moment that me and many other people have been waiting for. We finally get Tristan. Um, it was a bit of a roller coaster of a week because we thought we were getting him right away, and then we weren't, and then we did get him yesterday or the day, yesterday, I think. So, uh, well worth the wait. We finally have him. We have a PVE event that was associated with Tristan, and also a new box coming out. So, there's a ton going on. Just a ton. And we're going to talk about it all today. And also a new thing called Deep Link, which we'll talk about too. So, Deck Tech, where are you this week? Yeah, so uh, I've had an embarrassing problem in that I ran out of data like a child. Uh, so I haven't been able to play at work like I normally do, just kind of like grinding events and stuff while I'm working uh, and doing my standard do lists. And so as a result, I'm just like super behind this week. I haven't really had a lot of time to play PvP because whenever I play, when I get home, I want to finish, like I want to catch up on the, the event stuff that I should have done this week. You know, while I was away, uh, I still haven't gotten Tristan. I only played a couple PvP games, and when I did, I realized that I didn't. I just like skipped the entire Stamps event because I didn't play during that time. There's so, a new. There's a new uh, Stamps event. Yeah. There's a new one now. I think that's <laughs> oh, why I replaced it because there's two uh, going. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess I need to start playing again. Anyway, uh, regardless. All of that was a mistake, and uh, mistakes were made. And so I've been playing a little bit, but mostly it's just been the PvE events trying to catch up from not being able to do my normal schedule. Yep. How about you? <clears throat> yeah, I was doing mostly the PvE event this week. Um, actually, we'll talk about it later, but I think it's a lot easier this time uh, in that it's less grindy, I think, the, the overall event. The maps look a little smaller, and... The duels are easier. If they could be easier, they, they are easier. in the dice battles and things like that. So I did get Tristan yesterday because I was kind of ahead. I had I hit the infinite level by the first day, so you know how excited I was. And um, I did get him to level 20 this morning, actually. I was just... I had wow. I had too many orbs. That was my issue, and they were going in my box. So I just... I figured I might as well use these orbs. And I got him to level 20 specifically just so I could get a skill from Tristan. And yeah. that immediately had a vampire thing to the link to me, so I made the deck this morning, which I basically just copied my bandit list into the Tristan one and made it put put the Tristan skill, and then I did win a game. So there is a lot gonna follow with this Tristan vampires TM, uh, which I <laughs> have claimed to invented uh, right Nick right here right now. So there you go, one game sample size, hundred percent win rate. Yep, that's Teo Teo win rate right there. <laughs> all right so we are only going to talk about one esport event and the rest of the episodes pretty much looking at cards so if you like card reviews this episode's for you this is duelings metal weekly 49 this is before tristan dropped so uh, none of his cards or any of the event cards from him or of course the mini box which is releasing tomorrow so this one is 56 players only, and Vampires took the top here for Hires number 2. Uh, I'm not really sure how the meta is shaking out, but the Mass Heroes seem to have 
dwindled for some unknown reason. And of course, there's the inclusion of the Banished Control deck. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you want to go through, you know, the placements and stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Whatnot, first place, Sealed Tombs UA. Um, you know, this is this is a UA deck. There's a lot of uh, control trap cards here. There's, this one's a bit more expensive. You got three Drowning Air Force, three Canadia. And it seems they're moving towards a Paleozoic package. You have the three Morellas, and that's kind of that's kind of uh, inspired by the success of Paleozoic decks and their ability to ramp. Um, Morella doesn't do anything except you throw away a trap card, so you throw away another Morella, I guess, and um, they come back as these monsters, which help you ramp. So that kind of solves the problems for you, base. Yeah. Also, just Canadia plus uh, Drowning Mirror Force is a really good combo because it it very much protects you against just getting OTK'd um, unless they hate True Nade first or something. But you essentially, you can either stop them right in their tracks with Canadia or you can let them build and then stop them with a Drowning Mirror Force. <laughs> and uh, Drowning Mirror Force is also really good if there are masked heroes, which there were not uh, very many in this tournament, but I think it's safe to assume that there'll be, you know, it's something to consider and it's very good against masked heroes as well. So uh, this kind of makes sense. We haven't seen much of the UAs uh, in a bit, so it's kind of cool to see them again, I guess. I kind of hate them, but you know. You noted that Bushi is in the side deck and it's kind of weird that it took so long for his card to appear in the UA deck because it is like seems to be a, re- a continuing source of ramp. It seems like it could mm-hmm. be attributed to someone twice, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a, a good pick. Um, obvious, so, the limitation on it is that it only works with warrior types, but all the UA cards are warrior types, so that is fine. Yep. Second place, Godfather DL ban- uh, Bandit Vampires. This is a bit like that um, second place deck in Kaiba Cup, the uh, 21-card version of the 24-card ver- deck. And, um, you know, you've cut a Mirror Force, you cut a Gazuki, it's things like that. And this is pretty much how I would build a Vampire deck. Similar, very, um, you got your two cards to lose life, so there's the Cosmic Cyclone and the Mirror Wall that kind of help you use the Bandit skill. So, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I don't play the deck, so... I don't really have too much to add on it. All right. There's no sideboard. That's weird. That's one thing to add. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that, like, just was an error in submissions or if uh, Duel Link's meta forgot or or something, or if this guy just decided not to bring a sideboard to a sideboard event. That would be... Let's go with that. Let's go go with that one. (laughs) Okay. That's second place. We'll call it a power play. Yeah. (laughs) He just decided he didn't need one. Yep. Third place, Cray... High that binds for hires deck. Um, the deck's not dead, obviously, as you can see. Um, oh yeah, this 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 deck. So I have faced this deck. <laughs> I think it's because DK made a video about how to use inverse universe, and that basically takes advantage of the huge defense that Wiz has. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah, I saw some people I think on Twitter talking about this as well. So uh, it, it's mostly for Wiz. Um, 
but I guess there's also some other uses. Well, like, um, I was playing Vampires, and they have zero defense. So <laughs> this oh, guy's going yep, to There you go. Yeah. That makes perfect sense, then. Yeah, I, I figured there was going to be some meta deck with really low defenses. It, I think Anki has really low defense. At 12, well. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it kind of makes sense that certain meta cards already have low defense, and then uh, most of your guys also have low defense, but your kind of, like, main really important guy has really high uh, defense so you can switch them um, you can also obviously do it at a time that's opportune for you where you attack in with your other guys first and then you switch and you attack in uh, with whiz for the final blow um, it can also do some interesting stuff with like make your wall of d's more successful where even if you make your guys small you're making their guys even smaller so that your 500 is still killing their thing i don't know it's a it's an interesting card, especially since it's one that is a little bit less uh, common. And even if DK had made a video about it, people are probably not necessarily playing around it. So you can get some surprise wins that way too. And frankly, I was surprised uh, when we first got Cyrus that this card wasn't played. Like I like I immediately saw it as a. I mean, obviously the Roids sucked, so it seemed like this card was the best of all the cards. So. I was always surprised why this card was never played, and then I forgot about it, so it came back, so that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now it's time to figure out what else it works in, I guess. Yeah. And third place, Edu16. This is the uh, Banished Control deck, which we called uh, Spellcaster Control, or whatever we called it last week, but um, you've got your Breakers, your DD Assailants, you have the Amazon Package, you have Wind-Up Jugglers, and then a lot of good trap cards. Yeah, I like calling this one just Banish, because the one that felt really like a Spellcaster one was the one that ran the Silent Magician. Right. That was a cool deck, and I wish I had the cards for it, because I'd like to play that. Um, this one just kind of seems like powerful Banish effects with a little bit uh, of just kind of slowly chipping away your opponent through moderately sized uh, monsters. Once you've kind of cleared the way, these guys get to attack in, and... Um, you know, eventually kind of kill your opponent that way. It is uh, also 24 cards, so you have, like, a chance of just super slowly decking out your opponent, um, but you do have the Princess, so against other 24-card decks might not work. Um, but it's like, it seems like kind of you have either route your main option, though, is probably more of like a mid-range chip them down instead of actively trying to mill them or deck them out. Yep. Until and you get to the sideboard. You noted the Obnoxious Celtic Guardian and then the Sword of the Deep-Seated for the sideboard. What's interesting yes. about these cards? Yeah. yeah, they're both cards that you don't see super often. Um, I've, I've always been a little surprised that Obnoxious Celtic Guardian hasn't seen more play. Yeah. It seems like it's an okay card especially with limited amounts of removal in this game um there's no regekis and dark holes and other such things to just easily take care of it and then sort of deep seated is uh, really good for any sort of like either as part of your deck out plan or as just a counter to a deck out plan um it's if you have a reliable way of getting rid of it including just filling up your hand um then you 
you just can't deck out. So if you have any sort of discard package, which this one doesn't really, it only has the princess, which is only like a couple activations maybe, and then it doesn't even benefit... Yeah, it benefits you if you pull from your hand instead of your deck. So it, it can put you plus in that sense. Um, but that's only a few activations. But still, you could fill up your hand, like I said, and pitch it at the end of the turn, and essentially it just makes your deck into a deck-out deck, um, or protects you from deck-out in one card, which is pretty cool. And it also combos well with the Obnoxious Celtic Guardian, because um, Obnoxious Celtic Guardian can't be attacked by something with uh, 1,900 or more attack. It has 1,400, sort of deep-seated, gives it 500, so it becomes 19 that cannot be attacked by anything bigger than it, which is, you know, pretty good. I think it went away for a while because the 1,800s were meta, and that was the sweet spot, and then, like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of thing happened. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's pretty bad against things like, uh, like Sergeant Electro and the 1800 guys and just there there are a lot of decent uh monsters that still beat it um but i guess when there's a lot more like breakers in the meta and uh pretty much everything is a big old special summon that's higher than 1900 then those options aren't uh then it has a, a place at least right let's talk about uh, the event, the PVE event this week, Tabletop RPG Monster World. And uh, I noticed some things were different this time. I mean, obviously, didn't you think the thing was kind of weird? They just had, like, Tristan and Bakora like, in the middle of a conversation, and he turns him into a doll. Like, it just, there was, like, no, like, backstory to why that happened, right? It's, it was kind of unusual. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of true. It was uh, a little bit weird. I, I mean... It doesn't tie into any really of the of the show stories like a lot of our other events do. So in that sense, it's weird. But at the same time, I didn't really think anything of it because I'm just playing Duel Links. <laughs> like it, it wasn't like a I don't know like an immersive RPG or anything where this would have broken the uh, the story for me. Um, I was kind of just like, all right, whatever, let's do the event. And they also have these uh, text box fields in the event. It's kind of like Bakura was like, there's a dying guy. And by the way, he was level three. It's like, ah, he's just like laughing at these guys. Yeah, I noticed that too. They made it seem more like a tabletop RPG where Bakura is like the dungeon master. uh, And he's giving you these little bits of dialogue, like you said. And uh, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting that they lean more into it in that way. Uh, but then the, it's still a Yu-Gi-Oh thing, so the stakes are still like Tristan becomes trapped in this thing forever. <laughs> you can't just play a game in Yu-Gi-Oh. You have to have like your soul or something at stake. Right. And I also noticed uh, the last time I complained about the slow speed of the dice battles. That's still the thing. So I don't. They, the technology was not fixed. It still takes forever uh, for the dice battles to go through. Sometimes tapping the guy really fast helps it go. But the first dice roll t- typically takes takes a really long time for me. Yeah. Oh, well. Look at the cards. Umber Mirage, the Elemental Lord. 8-star Fiend, 2800, 2200. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned from your hand by having fi- exactly 5 dark monsters in your graveyard. If it's special summoned, add 1 monster with 1500 attack or less from your deck to your hand. You can use this effect once per turn. If this card leaves the field, 
skip the battle phase of your next turn. All the elemental lords are horrible because they need exactly five monsters in the graveyard. But, yeah. If you want to do something fun lower level, a card you could think about is Snipe Hunter, which could kind of help clear the way for this guy to attack, maybe. Yeah. This reminds me of a deck that I ran, you know, like a year ago um, that ran Skull Lair and a bunch of dark monsters and between Skull Lair and Dark Necrofear um, and then there were a couple cards like um, a Gateway to Chaos or something like that that took advantage of whenever you banish something from your graveyard you got a positive effect and basically it was just a banish from your graveyard deck and you you can also bring back like dark monsters that have been banished and stuff so there's a little bit uh, I think dark monsters have a little bit more uh, control over banishing from the graveyard than do most classes so it might be slightly easier to get exactly five in your grave uh, for this one uh, but I agree it's probably still not going to happen that that's like a you know a tier four deck that you play just for funsies it's not like a a competitive meta viable deck at this point yeah entirely too slow for the game at this point right here's a card that might be useful Jin, uh demolisher of rituals three star fiend 1500 600 when you ritual summon a monster you can banish this from the graveyard as one of the monsters required for the ritual summon if a player Ritual summons using this card. The ritual summoned monster cannot be targeted by card effects by the other player. So we always talk about the Desidera rituals. That was immune to trap cards, I believe. And this one makes uh, a monster that's ritual summoned untargetable. So I know it's three stars. Does that completely screw up Cyber Angels? Or is there a chance they come back because of this card? Um, I was thinking about that too. And I'm not sure... I mean, the uh, the Petite Cyber Angel was always good, and that was a two-star. So uh, since rituals don't have to be perfect matches uh, you right. know, in the same way that synchros do, that might be good enough. It might work. I am generally thinking that Cyber Angels don't come back just because they were kind of uh, nerfed pretty hard. And I don't know. It, I don't think this is enough to bring them back but it is a really good card and i'm glad that we'll get it because i think at some point it'll probably have some value yeah finally a card i remember very well the royal keeper four star zombie 1600 1700 once per turn you can flip this card into face down defense once flip face up against 300 attack and defense until the end of the turn so it's got those mechanics kind of like those clown control cards where you could flip them, but unfortunately it just becomes a 1900-2000 for hitting things. So it doesn't really do any of the control aspect, and then it doesn't really belong in any zombie deck. So it's just you know, a potentially strong zombie if you have a field out. That's all it is. Uh, Yep. Yeah, I remember this guy too. He looks really familiar. I don't think I ever played it, but it looks familiar. I had no choice, you know. I only had, you know, my cards. I got from yeah. booster packs. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So, as a result of the tabletop RPG, we got Tristan. And I forgot to look up Tristan's cards. Oh. So, um, yeah, this was a really long time coming. I forget when the first time I complained about not having Tristan was. 
It was at least a year ago, right? I, I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. We were talking about how, like, the gang's all here, except for Tristan. Yeah, I forgot who the last straw was. I mean... They, no, it was probably when they were adding people like Bones and Esperoba, and then I was like, where's Tristan? Yeah, I actually, I kind of, I have a, a pretty good recollection of them adding Bones and you being upset about that, <laughs> um, because Bones was like such a minor character, and I was like, I remember Bones, he matters, and you're like, where's Tristan? I'm like, okay, fine, that's fair. Yeah. All right. I'm almost there. All right, let's do it. So Tristan gives out some cards, and these were actually leaked because I, I was looking at the cards you get and filter by um, release date, and they appeared they appeared before you can actually get them. They added them to the game. So hmm. let's talk about the cards. You get three copies of Freed the Brave Wanderer. This is a four-star warrior, 1700-1200. Once per turn, you can banish two light monsters from your graveyard to target one face-up monster on the field that has higher attack than this card. Destroy that target. So, I mean, this this is a type of card you need a lot of light monsters in the graveyard, something like Blue Eyes and Bujins, but, you know, like, what's the point, right? Like, you're you're kind of banishing them for a worse effect. Th- those monsters, you're kind of wasting them. So, this might have a spot in something like Light Swarms, I'm thinking, where they do ditch their cards and they don't really use them again, so maybe. Yeah. Or um, worms, right? Weren't some worms. Of the worms? They're light? all they're all light. Yeah, yeah. Boom. There you go. I don't know. Um, I do think that it's a pretty powerful card. You know, it's recurring removal. Um, it is a decent body, and you can even though it kind of requires them to have bigger guys than him, which kind of implies that he'll be losing fights. Um, it's not so bad because you can fairly easily protect him with, you know, your various wall of D's and mirror walls and all of that. If I, he could fight Breaker and win. Yeah, there you go. I, I, so I like this guy. I think it's cool that we got three. I'm not sure if we'll see play with it right away, but it's, it's another one of those cards that I'm glad we have in our arsenal, and I expect at some point it'll maybe see a little bit of play. Here's another impressive monster that we get two of. <laughs> Absolute Crusader. Four-star warrior, 1800-1200. If a level 5 or higher monster is special summoned, tribute this face-up card, destroy that level 5 or higher monster. Yeah, I think almost every meta deck has some kind of special summon of a level 5 monster. And this is a quick effect, I think. You could just do it before they activate their effect. So it's pretty good. Yeah, I think you're right, because otherwise it doesn't really make sense as a card. Um, And I agree. I think this guy is pretty solid. Um, You can play a four-star generally um, faster and more easily than you can special summon something bigger than it. Uh, You can bring it back with various cards. Um, Powerful Rebirth. Thank you. I couldn't remember the name of the trap yet. Powerful Rebirth is the one I was specifically thinking of. Um, This just seems like a a very solid guy to kind of just play um, in a lot of decks or maybe specifically just in those control 
maybe banish based or some other minion or sorry monster based uh, control deck. Yeah, we're we're off to a good start with Tristan cards. Yeah. Now, now for some less good cards. Uh, going into that, Hardy Orc, which we're getting three of. This is a four star twenty two hundred zero fiend. This card cannot attack the turn it is normal summoned. So this is pretty much the uh, giant orc. Except he's on um, uh, late for something. And mm-hmm. it's I think it's better than the giant orc because that one attacks and then flips to zero. This one you could just keep on the board and then it just holds the board. But, you know, the, obviously this is the type of card that's not good enough anymore. But it is good for a beginner deck. It just stays on the board as a 2200, so. Yeah. Also, I have to say, hold the board. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, yep. This is a card we get one of, Muscle Medic, 4-star 2200-100 warrior. If a player would take damage from battle involving this card, they gain that much life points instead. So this is yet another 4-star 2200 I don't think this downside's horrible, though. Like, you could just attack monsters, and who cares that they gain the life unless they're a vampire player, or if they're, they've got mirror walls, if they've got cosmic cyclones. So, it's kind of like in the same vein as it's not, it's not amazing, but its downside's not horrible. And then you could, unfortunately there's only one, and you can't do some kind of bad reaction to Samachi anti-cure deck, but, you know, it's not horrible. Yeah, I think it's another card that more likely is good if you have a, a more limited collection, um, because it's it's kind of one of those cards that's not like good so much as it's just not bad. Um, it's good for controlling the board because it's bigger than most of the other things that you're going to face, especially as just a four-star monster. So you can attack into stuff, and if your opponent gains like 100 life here, 300 life there, you're right. You normally don't care about that. Um, but once you get into higher levels of play, you might as well just run an Econ or a Wall of D and run just, you know, monsters that use your other cards to control the board and then run more powerful monsters um, so it's kind of what, it's like a limited downside, but we have so many cards in the game and they're so powerful that now we need cards that instead of having a limited downside, just have a big old upside. Right. Um, so it's another one of those cards that's really good for newer players, I think, and, uh, might have some uses for, uh, more established players, but probably not a ton. Yep. And then his last reward, which is his level 45, I think 45 reward, Motivating Captain. Uh, one star warrior, 400-1200. When this card's normal summon, you can target one level 4 or lower monster in your graveyard. Special summon it in defense mode. Its effects are negated. This is kind of a card you just put bodies on the board, like tuners, for example. You get a four, level 4 tuner and get a level 5 synchro right away. Something for fusion, something to bring something back. Yeah. And then there's also, like, uh, some cards, uh, not a ton, but some cards that you can, you know, catapult turtle or whatever, you know, cards where you have to sacrifice something um, in order to get an effect, so you can use it for fuel for that as well. Um, I, I think 
the weakest use is probably just like the normal summon something, but I did remember Big Shield Gardna. So <laughs> you can now summon a Big Shield Gardna and it won't flip itself into attack position. Right. So boom. Value. We're going back with catapult turtles and big shield gardeners now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just crazy strats. Are you trying to tell me these aren't meta cards? <laughs> it was a meta card for a <laughs> while, I guess, yeah. The catapult turtle never was, but big no. shield gardener was. It was, yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about Tristan's skills, and three out of four of the skills are actually pretty good. Um, pretty good in that they had to nerf them right away like to limit the, the ability of the skill and as mentioned in the beginning of the show i have already made use of one of them so let's go through these skills Techmaster affects cyber commander this is the one that sucks the basically if you have a cyber commander on the field your warriors and machines gain 300 attack and defense um you have to run a cyber commander which i believe is a 750 monster comes 1050 with the buff and there are cards that do better than that for machines and warriors respectively i can think of the a forces for warriors and something like machine king for machines so yeah yeah you're right you just never play this this is kind of for the memes because the card looks like tristan so it's kind of that's why that's in there yep so don't don't play that card unless you want to uh role play for a game um yeah. Now here are three good skills. I'm not done yet. So this can only be used after turn 5. So it basically depends if you go second or first what turn you get. Um so your turn 6 if you're going second, if you're going first it's turn 5. And um basically you set you reset your life to 2000. So you could have more than than 2000 it drops. If you have less than 2000 it goes up to 2000. And right away I thought about vampires because Sometimes you're stuck with 600 life, you bring something back, and then you can't do anything again. Or if you have 500 or less, you're done. There's nothing you could do. So 2,000 life would give three vampire abilities. So you could you could get three cards back, or you could use Vampire's Domain to get another normal summon out. So this is a really good comeback mechanism for vampires, and this is the basis of my Tristan Vampire deck. Um... I did it this morning where I had 600 life. I did it. Um, I don't think it mattered in the end, but let me use Cosmic Cyclone again. So there's there's something there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think there's some value to just getting a bit more life. Um, I mean, some people run life point whatever boosts. Uh, that The life point boost is slightly better in protecting you against like OTKs, but it gives you similar value when you're using things like Cosmic Cyclone. So it's like never dead in that sense. And then it also has those benefits for vamps. I was thinking psychics have a similar right. thing where they like to pay life to get effects. Um, and then I was kind of looking for other ones as well. Tunes. Eh. Um, <laughs> haven't seen them in a while, but maybe it's the throwback episode for me. Uh, Card of Soul. That's kind of a tutor effect. You can specifically set yourself to 2,000. I didn't look up what that gets you, but I could see that being a thing maybe if you can reliably get yourself to that life point. Um, and, you know, there's other cards, like you said, Cosmic Cyclone, um, 
the volcanic shell, the the mirror wall, just various things where you have to pay life. Uh, this can help you do more of that. So, yeah. cool. Very good. Reload. So this, after turn five, you basically use a free reload that's not a card, but you send all the cards back to your deck and you, reach, you take as many cards back in your hand. And uh, talk about this card. I... I, th- I I noted that it's worse than restart and switch Rue in regular PvP for different reasons. Restart, you're stuck with the dead hand. You have to wait till turn five and after. I mean, after turn five, and then switch Rue, you can't really get to pick what you send back. But why is this potentially usable? <laughs> potentially. Um, so I remembered that reload has seen a tiny bit of play, uh, and it was specifically in like a combo exodia based deck and uh but at that point it was with i think i forget what it was called card of the void or something like that um where you had to draw cards during your draw phase so for that the quick play aspect of the card reload was kind of integral to it working so i don't think it'll work specifically in that sense but i do think that it's pretty powerful to just be able to completely redraw your hand. Um, you can fill up your hand with stuff. If we're just going full throwback, um, Thunder Dragons was a thing that we used to do to do this, and then you can trade them out for something more useful. So I'm thinking it might see some competitive play if you have some sort of deck where you just really want a specific card. Um, and then this will help you get there in the same way that like Restart and Switcheroo do, except that it um, for Restart you get plus one card. Well, yeah, you get plus one card, so that's helpful. And versus Switcheroo, you get to do it in mass, and so it, you kind of get more chances, I guess. So maybe something, some sort of combo where you specifically yeah. want a certain card... I could see it kind of being a decent search mechanic. Um, I wouldn't write this one off, is all I'm saying. You're talking about that. That reminded me this would have been really good in a bamboo deck. Mm -hmm. You're just looking for that golden bamboo. I think that's what it was. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So, you know, if anything like that ever comes back, I expect that at some point this skill will be abused by some sort of combo deck. It may or may not be good enough to actually, like, warrant some any sort of changes or um you know like actually really shape the meta but i do think that we will hear about this skill being used at some point finally the third potentially useful skill is super strength and basically what this does is after turn five you can set one of your monsters attack to 2000 again this could be a monster with more than 2000 or less than 2000 i think it will be useful for a direct attacker like Oguchi. And you set that monster to attack directly for 2,000, and then you add stuff to it to make it kill you in one turn after playing Hatred. Yeah. And I had a similar idea. If we're already playing Hatred, we might as well go into full PvP farming mode and use a Piranha Army and a Secret Pass to treasure and just set your Piranha to 2,000, attack for 4k in one hit. Oh, yeah. You, you, that, that's even more efficient. <laughs> so, uh, well, you can only run two secret paths, so they've that restriction finally like matters. But uh, yeah, that's I I don't know if that'll actually be good, but it's a thing. Yep. 
overall, I am stunned at how good Tristan's skills are. They just want Tristan to be in PvP, it seems. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of potential here. I, too, am a little surprised. But it's kind of like when they brought Paradox Brothers out, and you're just like, holy crap, these guys are really good. <laughs> They're kind of random. I think that might have been the one that took like uh, set you off, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it. Paradox Brothers. Anyway. Maybe. Um, so, yeah, just some good options here. I think that some of these are definitely going to see play. For sure. So, Tristan's here to stay. His cards are uh, okay. Some cards are might be playable, and his skills are definitely in the consideration. That is it. So, yeah. we are going to talk about the card flipper campaign, which gives us two cards. One, a new card, and then another card that we get a potential third or second copy, depending on what you did for your Kaiba Corp ticket. So, if you, did, if you used it to get a second one, here's your third. Um... Lucius the Shadow Vassals is the new card. One Star Fiend, 800-1000. You can banish one level 5 or higher monster in your graveyard. Special summon this card from your hand. Also, you can't special summon monsters from the extra deck until the end of the turn. This card, if this card is tribute summoned, for, if this card is tributed for a tribute summon, you can look, look at all set cards your opponent controls. Your opponent cannot activate cards or effects in response to this effect. You can use this effect once per turn. So... I might be too optimistic in thinking this works for vampires, but they have level fives in the graveyard. And Grace, you kind of try to guess what card to destroy. This kind of lets you see everything. I might be too optimistic, but this could work for vampires. Yeah, maybe. And then you also noted like things like UAs or anything else that kind of wants to um, just have some sort of ramp. Sure, this kind of might fill that role we have a lot of ways to do with that ramp now, yeah so i'm not uh 100 you know sure that this one makes the cut over any of those other ways uh but it's one you know that you can consider and of course this is a monarch type card and those cards never really made it it's designed for the monarchs we don't have the dark monarch yet i believe so um maybe we're leading up to the dark monarch maybe and then Lang Ling is the other card, which is the Union Monster that lets your guy hit twice. And it was a thing for Cyberdarks. I've been, I've been murdered by those decks, and now you get your third copy. So it's possible Cyberdarks can crack the lower tiers. <laughs> yeah, right. It's possible. Yeah, it is. It's possible. All right. It's rare that we save the mini box for last, but Tristan was just too important, and we had to talk about him, so... Here's the mini box. Had to. Had to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, those cards were just better than these. <laughs> That's just what it was. Or his skills were better than these cards. Um, Secrets of the Ancients. This is the ancient fairy dragon-themed box. Of course, each box has been named after a signer dragon. I think people are waiting for Akiza's monster, the one that blows up the whole board, the Black Rose Dragon. But this is not it, obviously. And... I don't know. What do you think about Spox? I don't. I didn't like it. That's just my general thing. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I had uh, only a quick chance to look at it, so I didn't go super in depth. But I think the trap hole monsters um, and like trap hole, like their synergies, um, are fairly strong and will make will be a decent buff to those really annoying decks 
that can just kind of lock everything down. Uh, so I don't like it either because I don't like facing those. Um, and then there's a couple of other cards that I noticed that kind of made me raise my eyebrows. So I think there's probably at least one viable set of things to get out of this box. Um, but a lot of it does have to do with kind of synchros. It seems like those are a fairly big part of every box we've had since they introduced synchros. And I wonder if at some point, once we get a, like a critical mass of synchro cards, they won't feel like they need to infuse even more every set. Um, but for now we have, you know, a lot of cards that aren't super interesting to me because synchros as a whole haven't proven to be super interesting yet. Um, but like I said, I think the trap thing is the main thing here. Right. It appears to be the only reason by this box. Let's talk about the URs and SRs. Ancient Fairy Dragon, we, we already know what this card does. It's a 2100-3000, 7-star Synchro. You can special summon a level 4 or lower from your hand. You can't attack. You can destroy as many fields as you want. And you gain life points. So the whole destroying the field thing doesn't really make sense uh, in Duel Links. So that's where we are with the Ancient Fairy Dragon. So I noticed, this is one of the ones that kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. It lets you destroy as many as you want and then gain a little life and then add one from your deck to your hand. So I'm thinking any sort of, like... I I think that that's fairly powerful. That's a tutor effect. It's a draw effect. Um, You could use it for something like Toon Kingdom where we only have one copy, so now you can just get it. Um, You could use it for any field that you want to play multiple times for whatever reason, which there have been a few... Um, you could, you could use it, I mean, I don't think you would, but you could use it for powerful fields like the UA Stadium, right? That's a field. Uh, And so, like, you know, there are certain decks that use fields, and I think just having this to pretty much guarantee that you can draw it, um, isn't nothing. Yeah. I mean, it does special summon the level 4. Which I think, I mean, you're talking about fields, I'm thinking of vampires right away. And you special summon the level 4, you can get another card from that ability. You can get the bat or the dog out, and then you get another card from your deck, and then you get the field, so maybe there's something there. Yeah, I think there is definitely a cost to, I mean, we've said it before, there's definitely a cost to running synchros, right? You have to build your deck in a specific way. Um, I just think that this card is kind of already designed to recoup some of that cost. And so I think that this might see play at some point. The next card is Armades Keeper of Boundaries, 5-star Fiend Synchro. No um, specific requirements. It's a 2300-1500. If this card attacks or is attacked, your opponent cannot activate cards or effects until the end of the damage step. This is similar to an Ancient Gears effect, except... It seems to also prevent the hand uh, quick effects, too. Yeah, um, which is decent. 2300's not like great, uh, but it's a, only a, fi- a level 5, which is sometimes easier, sometimes harder. So, I don't know. Uh, I think you made a good point in the notes here that a lot of um, decks just that run tuners will just run a level 5 tuner 
if they run something like econ just for the possibility that sometimes they can econ take and then tribute it to get something out and this might be a better option for that level five than the like double x wayne or yeah his name is. <laughs> yeah and then junk synchron this card is ready we have one copy i believe so far and um, level 3 Warrior Tuner, 1,300, If it's normal summon, you can special summon a level 2 or lower from your graveyard. Special summon in defense mode as its effects negated. Obviously, this is designed for a level 5 tuning of a synchro summon right away. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I, I think it's a good thing to get more of. You know, if you want to do that, then this is a very consistent way to do it. Before, we had to use the skill, which was bad. Um, so now I think we can just use it. And I expect that it will probably see play at some point in some capacity. Um, not in anything I'm particularly interested in, but uh, it seems like a fairly powerful card. We all do have that prismatic junk warrior um, that goes with this, I guess. There you go. We, everyone has it. It's a, it's a free, free-to-play card. Um, now we're talking about the SRs. Powered in Zektron 6-star machine synchro. No tuning requirements. Uh, specific ones, I mean. 2,500, 1,600. When this card is synchro summoned, this turn, this card cannot be destroyed by battle or by card effects. Also, you take no damage. Um, it plays around with things like Widespread Ruin and Mirror Wall. That's something, I guess. Yeah, and so I looked into this. This was another one that made me raise my eyebrow. All of this other stuff seems to be based on battle, but, well, yeah, maybe not. So it says, this card cannot be destroyed by battle or card effects, and then also you take no damage. And so I read that to mean, can't be destroyed in battle, can't be destroyed this turn. turn. Yeah. Yeah, this turn. Everything's this turn. So, yeah, that modifier is the one, which essentially to me means that this turn you take no damage. Yeah. Which is very exciting because there's lots of things that deal damage to you. Um, Dealing damage is different than paying life, but still, I think that this is not nothing. I think this is something that we can break at some point. Um, I haven't looked into specifically how but I do think that there's something here. And I think the Insectron tag doesn't really matter, right? It's just like it's just a card that has no requirement. So who cares if it's Insectron, right? Like it doesn't matter, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't the Insectrons are the ones that you play as like equips, right? Yeah. There's one so that does, does piercing, it... for example, I think. Yeah. I think some of the Insectrons say like equip this to an Insectron, right? Okay, that could so... work, yeah. In that sense, it might matter, but I I don't think it does. Uh, here's possibly the most exciting card of the set: Trap Tricks Attracts, four star insect with eighteen hundred a thousand. This card's unaffected by the effects of whole normal trap cards. Whole in quotation marks. You can activate whole normal trap cards from your hand. The activation and effects of normal trap cards activated on your side of the field cannot be negated. This is a whole new archetype. W-H-O-L-E, whole new archetype. And <laughs> she she plays around Floodgate and Treacherous Trap Hole. She's like Jet Roid, and then you can activate the cards, the traps from your hand, which is super sneaky, and prevents them from being destroyed. The 
third effect doesn't really matter because I don't think people negate traps anymore. They just let them go through. <laughs> so who cares about that? But this could be a whole new thing. This is really strong. Yeah, yeah. I think this one and the next one are kind of like like we said at the start. I think these are kind of the reason why you buy the box is if you're interested in doing this because this seems like a really powerful effect, especially like 1800 is already a decent attack especially when you consider that you're running it in a deck where you are specifically using trap holes and the trap holes are, you know, flipping things to defense or lowering their stats and stuff. So 18 is very competitive in that deck. I think this is really solid. And we've already seen Gemini's. They they just get by with 1800 attack monsters too. So, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Trap Tricks Dianea. This is the other monster four star plant 1700 1100 it's not affected by the whole cards when it's normal summoned you can target one trap tricks monster in your graveyard special summon it in defense when this card is special summoned you can target one whole normal trap card in your graveyard set it but banish it during the end phase of your next turn if it's still in the field you can use this effect once per turn so this has a dual recycle ability you can get a monster back and one of your trap cards back too which seems really good to me <laughs> Be good. Uh, another key piece to this new deck archetype that we're talking about uh, I think it'll play just like kind of the similar to the banish controls or just kind of the tempo control things that we've seen in the past and it seems like a strong archetype so I think this will be part of it note that the previous card was an insect this one's a plant so uh, any type synergies you're trying to combine with this won't work so there it goes um <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that's what we care, but okay. I, I mean, you could just run this with, like, endless trap hell, and you just actually just have a constant stream of traps to lock down your opponent's board or just make them rage quit. I don't know. Right. Now for some not-that-good cards. A couple here. Trident Warrior, 4-Star Warrior, 1800-1200. When this card's normal summon, you can special summon one level 3 or monster from your hand. So... Monster could be in attack mode. You could get more attacks. You could get a tuner out and get a level 7 right away. That's, that appears to be its use. Um, yeah. I, this is kind of what I was talking about, how I think they're, they're still going pretty hard at synchros, and they're generally just not things that I care too much about. Here's another one that's like that. Three-star uh, Delta Flyer, three-star Dragon Tuner, 1,500-900. Once per turn, you can select one other face of Mox you control and increase its level by one. Very uninspiring. Level modulation never really mattered, except for beatdown things. So, very boring card. Yeah. I agree. This one, Gigantis, four-star Rock, 1,900-1,300. This card cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned from your hand by banishing one earth monster from your graveyard. If it's destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, destroy all spells and traps on the field. So it's kind of like one of those spirit cards that they come out for free for having an earth in the graveyard, but it has a pretty good ability of destroying all spells and traps. Yeah, I think this guy's pretty solid. Um, it's not super hard to banish just one monster of a, of a specific type, you could build your deck to do that. So that means this is a free 1900 attacker that also, when, you know, it destroys, it can destroy all spells and traps on the field. This seems like a pretty solid card to me. 
Um, Gene Warf Gene Warped Warwolf, four star Beast Warrior, two thousand attack. This card is so uninspiring. I didn't even know it was a Warwolf. It was a werewolf. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously it's just a vanilla guy. This werewolf was given incalculable strength through horrific genetic manipulation. Its gentle nature was completely wiped out, and now it only lives to unleash destruction. Wow. Good backstory for a boring card, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, bummer. Okay. Verdant Sanctuary, continuous spell. When a face-up insect monster is destroyed and sent to the graveyard, its controller can add one insect monster with the same level as the destroyed monster, from their deck to the hand. I thought this was a field spell that's not a field spell. But it functions the same way, I guess. And unfortunately, there's not really a use for this card right now, I think. Um, yeah. I I think you're right. I, I don't think that this is anything that we specifically want. I mean, I guess you can do... Yeah, I, I guess you can play this in some sort of... Like, uh, with the man-eater bug control or something, but in those types of decks you tend to not want to draw more of your cards, so I don't think that this is a, a valuable card. I guess the Insectrons are the ones that are kind of the aggro insect deck. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's what it's trying to do. But then it's like, if it's an aggro deck, then you're generally not banking on uh, losing your of of your guys being destroyed, yeah. like that's not part of your game plan. Whereas it is if you have the man eater bug. So I don't know. Yeah. Trap chicks, trap hole nightmare. Normal trap card. When a monster that was special summoned this turn activates its effect on your opponent's field, negate that effect if you do destroy that card. This kind of goes into the trap tricks set. You're going to try to get your best hole cards out. This one could just destroy your monster when they do their effect, and this could be in your hand, so they don't see it coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is just something you add to that set, uh, or that deck, if you want to build that deck. It seems pretty decent. And finally, Lair Wire, normal trap card. Remove from play one insect monster in your graveyard. Select one monster your opponent controls. Destroy the selected monster. So this fits into any insect strategy, obviously. It's pretty much a free removal. Uh, I mean, the cost isn't too high. You're probably not going to use the monster again. Uh, Insectrons probably, they, they bring stuff back from the graveyard, I guess. So that, that's a bummer, but it's pretty good removal. Yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, I don't think that insects are good enough to play. <laughs> um, but if you do, this is a good, a really good card for it. Talk about some R's and N's that were exciting. There weren't too many that were exciting, but there were a few. Bird of Roses. This is a four-star plant with 1,800-1,500. When this face-up attack position card is destroyed by battle by an opponent's attacking monster and sent to the graveyard, you can special summon two plant tuners from your deck in face-up defense. So this sets up the, the uh, Black Rose Dragon and any other tuning that you're trying to do Special summoning two tuners is very strong. I think that's what that's what um, got my eye here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing with tuners is that you, at least all the ones I've seen, all the synchros say one tuner plus X non-tuner. So 
getting out two tuners is interesting. It makes you have to like synchro summon one thing and then use that thing plus the tuner to synchro to the next step, uh, which is usually not bad. I mean, it, it's emptying out your extra deck, which I guess could hurt you, um, but in, instead putting the thing into your graveyard. But, you know, that it's still ramp. So And then this card has decent stats anyway, so you can kind of just play it. Talk about the Mother Spider next. This is a 6-star Insect 2300-1200. If you only have Insect-type monsters in your graveyard, you can special you can send two face-up defense monsters your opponent controls to the graveyard and special summon this from your hand. So the effect is a bit like Lava Golem. You take out two monsters to get a card, except this is your monster. It's a free 2300. And it's a special summon, too, so you could play a monster... Um, there are the limitations. You have to have the insects in your graveyard, and they have to be face-up defense, so you need a Windstorm or a Curse of Anubis. Yeah, we were talking about this. Um, face-up defense is a little bit tough. We haven't really played a ton of those cards uh, in a while, but sure, you know, I guess we could try to make it happen. There are three cards we're going to talk about together. King of the Beasts... Beast Striker and Moha. And I think this could be something. There so the Moha is the the striking card, a very striking artwork. I don't know why it's striking, but it is. It's like an emoji on a thing, right? Yeah. Um it's angry. Um when this card is destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, you can add one level four beast from your graveyard. Oh, it's from your graveyard to your hand. And then the Beast Striker is a level 4, 1850. Once per turn, you can discard one card to special summon one Moha from your deck. And then the King of the Beast is a 2500. You can tribute one face of Moha you control to special summon this card from your hand or graveyard. There can be only one face of King of the Beasts on the field. So, to be honest, I didn't read all the cards' effects when I. <laughs> this is the first time I'm reading them. So you can't have multiple King of the Beasts on the field, but this is a card you can keep bringing back. There are cards like Limit Reverse or Powerful Rebirth, for example, that bring back the Moha. And you could keep resurrecting the King of the Beasts. So it's like. It's kind of like Red Eye Zombie, but you can only have one at a time. And it's 2,500, I guess. Mm-hmm. Could this be anything, you think? I do not. Oh? No. I think it's like a cute little interaction, and it's kind of kind of cool, but I don't think it'll be like a competitive thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just thinking of a way to make the beasts work, and this kind of reminded me of Red-Eye Zombie, but now that I found that you can only have one, it does, uh, that does hurt. Yeah. And it's also just like, like why would you run it over something else that you can do? And it, even your comparison to Red Eye Zombie, Red Eye Zombie, first of all, you don't play that over <laughs> over Blue Eyes right now. But even if you did, it's like, why would you play this over that? Yeah. And I just don't think that this will make the cut. You do it because of reasons. That's That's the only... That's a good point. That's the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This card could be interesting. Savage Coliseum. It's a field. 
If a monster attacks at the end of the damage step, its controller gains 300 life points. That doesn't matter. All monsters must attack if able. During the end phase, destroy all face-up attack monsters. Attack position monsters the, the turn player controls that did not declare an attack. This is confusing because it forces the monsters to attack if able, and then they get destroyed if they can't. So would they have to be like they had a mask of a cursed on or a, a massive morph on or something like that? Maybe. I think it might also be a remnant of, in the physical TCG, they have a second main phase. Oh, yeah. And it's just so that you can't play around this by playing your stuff in second main phase. But I see this as a control card. Like, you play a ton of trap cards, and then you force them to hit into your trap cards repeatedly. Type card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Goes into the annoying control vein. I see. Yes, yeah, fits right in. Super Rush Recklessly, trap card. Target one beast monster you control and one monster your opponent controls. Destroy the first target, which is the beast. And if you do, shuffle the second car- target into the deck. This is hard removal. It's pretty good. Sometimes it's better, I think, to, to put them in the deck instead of the graveyard. For certain cards like Blue Eyes. And this is... Obviously, you have to play the beast, which sucks, but it is hard removal. Yeah. Um, I think it's... It's something. I mean, it's. I think it's worth considering, um, but you're going to want. You want to play it like for a reason that you want your beast type in the graveyard. I think. I don't think you want a two for one yourself. Yeah, yeah. Unless like you get a benefit out of it. What if you chain like Beast Rising? Can you get both effects off? I have no idea. That would be pretty good. What's Beast Rising do again? It's like you sacrifice the monster, and then you the other one gains its attack. Oh, right, right, right. So I was wondering if you could uh, do both things. I think you can, based on reading this. But I'm not an expert at the Yu-Gi-Oh's. Yeah. <laughs> despite, despite what you might think, based on my having a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, that means nothing. <laughs> and... The last card I want to talk about is Self-Mummification. It's a pretty simple card. It's a quick play spell. Select one monster you control, send it to the graveyard. So this is purposefully sending your monster to the graveyard. Some cards have effects when you get sent to the graveyard. Some cards you want specifically in the graveyard on purpose. So this does that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Could have value. Overall box kind of sucks but it has the trap tricks cards yeah i think the trap tricks are going to make a big impact i don't think the rest of this will uh one last thing i want to talk about is in mato looks to have impaled himself on the uh (laughs) on the yeah it's kind of just a weird art Uh, the bars jesus i don't know why i couldn't remember that the bars of his cell so a very interesting situation going on there I was turned off by the art of a lot of these cards. Like, specifically these cards. Like, I don't know why. I like the Moha, but the other ones... I don't like these this artwork. Yeah. The the, the, the one that's cool is the Insectron, though, right? Like, it looks like it's, like, a CGI. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I've never really thought of Yu-Gi-Oh! as being super into the art. 
Um, but yeah, I do like that Insectron guy. It doesn't really fit with the rest of the card. But Yu-Gi-Oh! also, one of the aspects of it, like, not being super into the art is that they have, like, I don't know, six different art styles that are pervasive in the game. So, it's kind of weird. Six different art styles? (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, like, there's, like, the cute monsters, and then there's, like, the, you know, these other ones, and then the... I thought you were giving me a whole, like, spiel, like, you actually knew, because... You're like an artist and also. <laughs> I was thinking actually... Oh, yeah, no, my my art is all very casual. Okay. <laughs> Amateur artist. Let's talk about deep uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, nothing. Go ahead. Talk about deep link. So this we were we were very excited about this feature. We thought you could send pretty much a deck list anywhere and then it could be seen anywhere. But what this does actually is it turns on the game. So if you're using a computer that does not have dual links, this and also if you're on your phone, it pulls away from what you're doing. Let's say you're playing dual links, it will just pull you away from your duel and send you to the deck list. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit weird. You sent me one um Twitter. and I clicked on it on a computer that did not have uh, dual links downloaded. Why wouldn't and... it have dual links? I mean, shouldn't every computer have dual links? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? I'll tell my boss that. And um, and it just kind of sent me to the, the main Konami website, like, I guess, to tell me to download it. But it didn't even say, like, download Duel Links. It was just like, here's our website. <laughs> and so it was all in all just kind of a weird thing. Um, it is not the easy way of sharing deck lists that we kind of hoped it would be. Um, like, the way that Hearthstone does it, which I think is kind of cool, is it gives you the list in like human form so you can just read the cards if you want to um but it also gives you a code that you can then copy into your game and then it'll automatically like build the deck for you right um so it kind of gives you both options whereas this kind of gives you a bit of neither i don't know or clicks to the website yeah not uh, is a it's decent idea <laughs> I like making it easier to share deck lists because that's kind of part of growing and building the community. Uh, card game players love sharing deck lists. I just don't think this was a very good way of doing it. So hopefully they continue to iterate on this idea and make it a bit better as time goes on. Yes. The technology is here, but they just need to get it in the Duel Link script, I guess, whatever whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, upcoming news, DD Tower Light Dimension will happen after this event ends, most likely. Well, the event ends on the 14th, so I guess we have a whole week of nothing, which doesn't make sense. Maybe it'll happen, they'll, they'll both happen at the same time. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Esperoba to the gate. Hasselberry, I think he might drop the week of the 17th, if we're thinking about it that way. Duelist challenges around Christmas time, most likely. And then after that, the Duelist Chronicles, welcome to Duel Academy. That, I know yeah. DNA. I know DNA. Yeah, I, I actually rewatched that episode where he dueled, where he, he had the whole spiel, and um, his, he only used like one magic card, I think, and he just like attacked all the time. That was his whole thing. Like, oh, I got like a two thousand attack monster. I got three thousand attack monster. I'm gonna attack you when you have your two face down card. <laughs> That's his whole strategy. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're going to wrap up. Shout out to Dual Puzzles, who apparently got people at work to listen to the podcast together. So <laughs> they're all listening to nice. us. Thank you very much. Oh, geez. 
but <laughs> it's just sorry, <laughs> sorry, uh, dual puzzles. Oh yeah. Listen and subscribe on anywhere. We're on Spotify as well. Just look up uh, the Dual Assessment podcast. Check out the podcast and more at our website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com, Facebook, facebook.com slash thedualassessment. If you want to help support our work and you like what we're doing, patreon.com slash dual underscore assessment. Email thedualassessment at gmail.com or better yet, Twitter, dual underscore assessment, Green Ranger CCG, Deck Tech, HS Deck Tech. You can follow the developments yep. of Vampire Tristan and more. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we love to uh, see you guys there. That's where we are like all the time. Uh, so it's the best way to get like instant responses and tell us that people are listening to work and stuff. So great. Great. That's it. Joy Tristan. Did it. Joy Tristan. <laughs>